You are listening to Heavenly Warriors, the podcast for anyone who wants to learn the deeper supernatural truths not taught in most mainstream churches. Your hosts are best-selling author and guests on shows like The History Channel and Coast to Coast AM, Dr. Joy Jeffries Pugh, and me, a former atheist cop turned exorcist and author. This podcast is brought to you by my newest book, Boxing Blindfolded with Demons, which can be found at rickbellwriting.com, R-I-C-K-B-E-L-L-W-R-I-T-I-N-G.com, and by Dr. Joy Jeffrey Pugh's newest book, Beastmark, which you can find at drjoy.com, that's D-R-J-O-Y-E.com. Whether you believe in the devil and demons or not doesn't matter to them. In fact, demons prefer you don't believe, so you'll never know what's hitting you when they attack. The truth is, we have invisible enemies who want to rob us, attack our families with sickness and addictions, and cause us to struggle financially. We want to help you become a stronger and smarter heavenly warrior. Dr. Joy, welcome back. Oh man, I missed you. You had a uh, you went through a hurricane. Literally, you went through a hurricane and and last week I had to do my I I miss uh you know, one day a month I have to go do something and miss our day, but you literally went through uh I don't know, was it 60 mile an hour winds blowing through and rain like sheets of rain? Oh, listen, it was really, really bad. And, of course, I live on a lake, and my windows faced the lake, and the wind was wrapping off, actually wrapping around and coming off the lake directly at me. So I've got some damage. Uh, I don't know whether it's in the one of the roofs on the very top of my house, but I had major water just pouring in my home. And right now, trying to find a contractor, there's so much damage especially in a little town that's below me called Valdosta, Georgia, where they were actually on, I guess, probably the Weather Channel did more about them. And I was down there this past, I guess, weekend, and you just cannot believe these huge pine trees that probably are hundreds of years old, Rick, that have just been literally laid flat. And so many houses with damaged roofs and things of that nature. So trying to get a contractor in our area to try to help you out has just really been very difficult. I'm on a list, but, you know, we, we continue to have these little storms and things like that. And so it's, it's a constant concern for me because you can't find somebody. But um, I think you and I had talked about uh, during the storm that this was something that had not happened in my area for like 125 years. And... Clearly, it was um, it was very, very, very scary, and it was very, very, very serious. Uh, but you know, we survived it, and and thank goodness, not any really what I would say loss of life. There's just been a lot of trees. I have a good friend whose um, daughter is over an area in that Valdosta area that I'm talking about, and I think she said the first day that they had they removed over 800 trees, and that was just a fraction of what you know they were encountering and that within so many hours they had like 1100 people screaming for help during that time and and, you know rick small towns like this they can handle small issues 
you know, with, with emergencies and needing to have uh, ambulances out there. But when you have something like that and the trees are literally, our pine trees and a lot of you know places across the country don't have these huge, huge trees like we have. But these pine trees are very usually they can handle a lot. Now, we do have a lot of pecan trees in our area, and we had a lot of pecan tree damage. But really trying to clear the roads and get the electricity back on, I mean, it took a very, very, very long time. And when you've got sick people and people who are needing to get to hospitals, you just don't have the manpower. And I know there were a lot of people who came in uh, across the United States to try to help during this time. But I'm thankful that it was not any worse than what it was and the fact that we really didn't have like loss of life from the amount. I mean, if you were outside or driving a car and one of those trees had hit your car or fallen on you, you would have killed you instantly because we're talking about huge, huge lumber coming down. And it was so sad because, you know, when you see all that lumber laying on the ground and they're having to cut it up quickly. There's not a lot that can be done for it. And you think about how much lumber was lost that could have built houses. I mean, I saw huge trees that could have literally built how, how many houses that will never be able to be used for anything but maybe cut up and either used for chips or whatever, whatever they can, you know, can do about it because you don't really use pine like in um, and fireplaces and things of that nature. But it, it, it was just, you know, it's pretty devastating for our little area. And I can honestly say since, you know, since I was a little girl, the really the magnitude of numbers of storms and the severity of them, the numbers, severity, all that kind of thing, it's just increasing. It's just yeah. increasing. Yeah. I don't care what anybody says. We are living in the end of days. And if you stayed in an area and you grew up in an area and you know how, it was when you were a child and then as a young adult and then getting into the age that we are now, you have had a number of years to be able to see the changes in the seasons and the type of weather that was traditional. And for so long, when I was a little girl, the, the kind of weather that we had, my grandparents had seen that same weather for years and years and years and years. They never saw a change. Right. And so when you plot that and you see the severity of what we're encountering now, it's only going to get worse. And I, what I think is going to you know, be a real worry is that we had those two hurricanes, one in, this, in the Atlantic and one over there in the Gulf. What if those hurricanes came together some right, way right. And, and, and made the per, what I call the perfect storm? Mm-hmm. I think we're headed for that kind of thing. I mean, the number of earthquakes, the, the number of floods. I mean, you can look around on, um, on the news if you really search for it, and you will find how serious the world's flooding and fires 100 percent that's right volcanic activity i mean i mean the thing about what happened over there in hawaii and there's all these questions about where were those beams of light coming mm-hmm. from out of the sky that melted those vehicles like that i mean there's right. just there's too much happening at the same time and that's one thing you know people will say well joy there's always been earthquakes and there's always been this and, th- and the bible says people will do that yeah and the thing about it, it's not that we haven't had those. It's just that we're having them more often, closer together, with greater severity, and it's all converging at the same time. That's right. That's exactly right. And as an example, <clears throat> this podcast is designed to help people, to teach them how to deal with things that come up. Uh, this is a good illustration. I'm going to use you in this. 
when those things hit you, I, if people have never been through a storm like that, they don't know the fear that grips you. And it, it's a real thing. When I was probably 17, maybe 18 years old, of all things, I, I was living at home with my parents, and I, I was sick. I had the flu. And I was in my bed in my bedroom, and we live, I grew up in East Texas, which has pine trees that are, you know, 250 feet. To, they're huge pine That's trees. That's right. We've got pine trees in East Texas everywhere. I laid in my bed, and I heard a tornado come through literally our front yard. It was a very small tornado, probably an F1 or less, but I heard it. It roared like a freight train. It, it, it was like nothing I'd ever heard, and it was roaring past my bedroom window. I felt like Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz, that the house was going to lift up, and I was going to fly, and I was in my bed, and I couldn't get up because I was sick. I, and I thought, well, maybe if I just roll off on the floor and roll under my bed, I'll get some protection. But that was a fear with that storm blowing by me. And unless you've been through that, you don't understand it. The power of nature is overwhelming when you see, you can go, go to things like Niagara Falls and see that power and you go, it kind of takes your breath away. You say, wow, that's powerful. When you're in a storm, we had a storm that came through Texas when I first moved here, probably a couple of years after I was in central Texas near Austin. There was a, it was called the Gerald Tornado, and it was an F5. And this is kind of in Tornado Alley here in central Texas. That thing blew past. It started at a lake where I, I lived right next to a lake. It started at that lake, and I walked out in my backyard, and I saw furniture, patio furniture, flying and swirling in the air like in the Wizard of Oz. I saw it. It was swirling. And I thought, oh, my God. And this thing was coming right for me. I went inside, got in my hall of my house. I was alone at the house at the time, middle of the day, about 3 in the afternoon. And that thing jumped for whatever reason. It, When it came out of the lake, it destroyed all the boat docks and everything, stuff flying around. It jumped and it skipped my house and skipped about a three or four or five mile area. Then it went back down and it hit in an area called Gerald, Texas, and it went through a, a subdivision. And the devastation, was, and they didn't report this on the news, but I was here and I talked to the first responders. The power of that storm, those kinds of storms in F5, so powerful, and I, I, I hate to be graphic here, but... It literally sucked the limbs off of people. It would rip their arm off. They found people in trees with their eyeballs sucked out because of the power of the, the storm. Mm -hmm. Literally, it, it just tore them to pieces. Never seen anything like it. Body parts strewn everywhere. From the wind, that, that much wind can do that kind of damage. So when, the, when your storm hit, it was on the day that we were supposed to do our broadcast our wednesday broadcast and you wanted to do it because you're a trooper you are yeah i mean it's got to be something really bad for you not to want to do that's how that's how dr joy's personality is and i've had the privilege to get to know her quite well as we've done this and she's a she's a wonderful person and she's dogmatic 
when she says, we're going to do this, oh, by golly, we're going to do it. So there's a literal hurricane blowing in. What was the name of that hurricane, Ian? What, what did they call it? Do you remember? Uh, Adelia? Adelia? Adelia, maybe Adelia. Whatever, it was literally bearing down on her, and I was looking at the news, the weather channel, and <laughs> she was on, I mean, her area, Valdosta, which is close to her, that was the center of it. And she's saying, okay, we're going to still try to do the show. And I'm saying, Dr. Joy, are you sure? Yep, I think we can do it. And that, then everything went out. Her, like, you know, power, everything, everything yeah. went down. So, and I'm, this is the illustration for this. We're not just telling you about a storm story. Uh, so I'm on the phone with her and, you know, you got to be honest when you're, when you're in this stuff. It doesn't do any good to put on this super brave thing. She said, Rick, it's blowing like I've never seen. Water's pouring into my house. I can't see my, my boat and my jet ski out there on, on the little you know, lake where I live. They're banging into each other. She said, Rick, I'm scared. And I, I, I appreciated that she was able to say that. And here's why. We are human beings. We're in a human vessel. And stuff is going to happen to you. Things are going to come up that frighten you, that cause you to panic. I don't care how you can profess and confess 24 hours a day. I shall fear not. Well, that all sounds good until the fear, something is hitting you. And you're still in a human body. So when that happens, listen. There's a reason God gives you outlets and resources and connects you with people. So I'm on the phone with Dr. Joy, and I said, Dr. Joy, can, can I pray right now? Let's just do this. And she said, yes, please. We attacked that thing in the name of Jesus. We went at it. And listen, there's a power that the Bible gives us, and it's vibrational. When two people shall agree as touching anything. That doesn't mean we have to physically stick our hand out and touch it. We are agreeing in the spirit. We're touching the thing with our prayer. We're touching the thing with our faith. We agreed and we came together and we rebuked that storm. And it's not the only time this has happened. It, it, you can look through history and find where storms have been rebuked. Now, is that woo-woo crazy? No, we're, we're living proof of it. She had minimal damage on her boat and her, her, her jet ski and the water and she, you know, the damage she had with the house. But it could have been so much worse. Now, I said that just to say there are going to be times in your life, don't anyone tell you that you're not supposed to be scared or you're not supposed to be. Yeah, you're not supposed to live in a state of fear. You're, that's not supposed to be your constant reality. But there are times when circumstances are going to present themselves to you that are out of your control that cause you to panic because you're a human being. Now, some people, it, it, I have a background in law enforcement, and you were trained to operate under stress, and you have an ability to, to stay calm better than most people, all right? You're trained to do that, and you just do it every day so you can remain really calm under about 98% of the circumstances. However, there are those 2% of those circumstances where you were going to completely freak out, all right? That's just the human condition. So when that happens, have someone on your speed dial in your contacts that you can call them and say, oh, my God, all hell is breaking loose. I need prayer. And that that person 
is going to be in a, in a place with their faith walk where they will drop everything and attack it. Here's what we are, what you are. As a born-again Christian, the Lord, we call him the Lord because he is lords over us. We serve him. We are in the military. We're in the Jesus military. And when the military soldiers get orders from the generals, <laughs> there's not any negotiation like, well, I can't go now because I've got the Dallas Cowboy game and I've got tickets. I, no, 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 no. Everything stops. It's like a police officer. And the Lord spoke this to me right after. I haven't told you this, Dr. Joy, but right after we spoke about that storm and we rebuked it, we prayed. When I got off the phone, I continued. Of course, you don't stop praying. You keep praying. I kept praying. The Lord spoke to me later that day, and he said something quite profound. He said, you are a spiritual police officer. I said, what? He said, you are spiritual 911. When my people have issues they have to be able to reach out to people who are like police officers. If you call 911 right now, anyone who's in the sound of my voice, you're going to have a response almost immediately. Something's going to show, someone's going to show up, something's going to happen. It's an emergency situation. You have to know people and you need to become one of these who is a spiritual police officer. When you show up, a police officer has authority. Hear me here. If you call, if you've got a domestic fight going on and you call your neighbor to come break that fight up, the neighbor's just going to end up in the fight getting pummeled. But if you call 911, the authority of the police officer shows up. Now, that little badge that he is wearing, that doesn't represent just his little precinct or his little police department in that town. No, no. It re he has the full authority of the state behind him. He has the full authority of the United States of America behind him. He has the military if he needs it. You understand, it can escalate as high as it needs to escalate when you call the person wearing that badge because he has authority. When he comes to that domestic dispute, unlike the neighbor who would get in the, the melee, the police officer takes command and says, you stand over there, you stand over there. Stop. We're getting ready to sort this out. He takes command. It's command presence. We learn at the police academy. Take command. A spiritual police officer does the same thing in the prayer war, in the spiritual warfare. When Dr. Joy called and we started praying, the prayer was not this, oh, Lord, help us. There, there's rain coming in the house, and Jesus, come down here and help us. No, the Lord, the prayer was, in the name of Jesus, Satan, you are rebuked. I send you back where you came from. You do not have authority. You are a liar from the beginning. You And and we attack the thing like a police officer would do. I want you to get this because almost everyone's had some encounter with police officers or you've known them or you've watched cops on TV. You've seen how police officers interact. That is, spiritual 911 is what we do. And there is 
power in that. God has to have a police force, just like we have in society have to have a police force that we can call when something is wrong and we need someone with authority. Keyword, underline, authority. You have authority in Jesus if you act on it. Now, as a police officer, and I'm using this analogy just because it makes sense, the first day on duty when I was in the patrol car, I was not very seasoned. I was what we call a rookie. Your first year, you were a rookie police officer. I didn't know how to handle situations because I'd never been faced with those. The 25-year veteran lieutenant who was in charge of me I thought, well, he doesn't even care about being a police officer. He doesn't do anything but sit there in the office and kind of talks like this. And, and I would be so gung-ho and ready to go. I'm ready to go out here and, and you know, bust up the, the mafia, whatever. And he would say, now, son, just slow your horses down. Let's take a look at this. And that was the whole now, he had wisdom, see, because he had been on the thing. We would be, the young officers would be out on a call, and you have to call the supervisor because you can't make a decision. You've got to have him. Supervisor would take his time. Then he'd get there, and he'd walk up, and we'd all be hyped up. This and this is going on, and this and that. And he'd say, well, here's what you're going to do. You go over there and take care of that. You go here. You understand? And they'd say, yes, sir. And he'd say, you boys get back on duty. And that would be it. And we'd look at each other and say, how did he do that? It's because he has that authority and that wisdom. When you're new to this Christianity thing, you're going to grow some, all right? There, in the beginning, you won't understand how to quite take authority. You'll read about how to do it, and you'll hear people tell you how. But until you've gone through a few storms, you're not going to know how to rebuke them, okay? I heard a preacher say one time, you don't even know if you have faith until you've been in a good fight, all right? right. You're going to get in a few good fights, and you're going to learn to have that spiritual 911 authority. We have to have it. We are the salt of the earth. Jesus didn't just leave us here to pick daisies and put them in our hair and walk around and, and say peace to everyone. He put us here to fight. He came to fight. He sent the apostles out to fight the dark forces. Because listen, without the demonic stuff in the world, we'd all be happy. We'd be living in the Garden of Eden of our own That's making. Right. The only thing that stands between us and that happiness is guess what? The dark forces, and they are very real. They are increasing to a way. When we go on the radio and do these shows, people start reaching out to me when they hear I'm a deliverance minister. This is not something I advertise or want to encounter. It's something that is a necessity. There's an awful lot to deliverance, and I know people who hear this right now are going to be looking me up and reaching out to me. It happens every week, multiple times, people wanting deliverance. Now, there's a lot to that. It's I don't just drop everything and run to your house and start, you know, 
sprinkling holy oil everywhere and there there's much to do in this and it's um i have a video you need to watch that video before you do anything else it's on heavenlywarriors.com and it's under a tab that says deliverance help click it it's a it's a 30 minute video but it will teach you some things you've got you have to know deliverance is not a magic act it's not a, a magician. The exorcist is not a magician who goes in and does this show and this person, like the exorcist on the movie, and her head spins around and then the demons are gone. It is nothing like that. Crazy things happen, but it, it's not that cut and dry. The person who is being affected, afflicted, and let me say this, yet the Lord puts things on our heart. Dr. Joy and I were having this conversation, and we can't omit those things when the Lord's telling us. The greatest thing Satan has is your belief that he doesn't exist Amen. and that he can't do certain things. That is his greatest weapon. There has been a debate since I have ever known about Christianity, about whether a Christian, quote-unquote, can be demon-possessed or have a demon. Let me say to you, as someone who's worked in this now since 2012, it doesn't matter what you call it, whether he's oppressed, depressed, impressed, oppressed, possessed, it doesn't matter. You got a demon issue that has a portion of your life that they're in control of. Satan wants you to worry about semantics. He wants to say, oh, don't you worry. You're not possessed. A, a Christian can't be possessed. I could show you so many. Let me give you an illustration. If you're a landlord and you have a house and you have two rooms to rent out, and one of the people that you rent to is a very nice, good, upstanding citizen who's just a great guy. The other person you rent to is the worst, angriest, meanest drunk in town. And he happens to be the ex-brother-in-law of the other guy that has the room. They're both living in your house because you've given them permission to do that. When the angry, drunk person is in there, the good guy doesn't want to be there, so he's gone. He's out. He said, I'm going out for the evening, whatever. When that guy's not here, I'm coming back in. And when the bad drunk guy's gone, then the good guy's back. It's kind of that way with your, your spirit, who you are. You're a house. You're the landlord of your house. I tell people while I'm doing deliverance and exorcism with him, you're the only one who can evict anything, anyone from your house. You're the landlord. You have these different entities that come into you, and they have internal access to you by evidence of the internal addictions that drive you. An addiction to something is not an external thing that's making you do it's something in your physiology that's causing you to have to reach for another hit of crack. There's something in you you understand it's nothing outside it's inside so whatever the you know the church or whatever tries to tell you oh don't worry you can't have demon problems demons are your are all your problems everything the apostle paul said it correctly we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness and high places what is high places it's the heavenlies it's that veil 
that Dr. Joy talks about is becoming thinner and thinner, and those entities are coming through that veil at a pace I've never seen. If you could read some of the emails I get, you'd think this is coming out of a, a horror movie or something. No, it's people within, you know, a half hour from me are having these unbelievable things happen, and they're reaching out and they're begging for help. But it's all because of the vibrational veil, the things Dr. Joy has been talking about and revealing. That veil between the seen and the unseen is getting thinner all the time, Dr. Joy. It is, and, and Rick, that you know what you've just told about, it's really happening with a lot of people, and they blame it on other things other than that it is a demonic presence. And like you say, so many times we are not taught in our churches that these unfortunate things that befall us are really demonically um, inspired yes. by Satan himself in the demonic world. And I've heard people say, well, you know, it's standing so, well, you can't blame the demons for everything. You can't blame that the demon told you to do this. Well, the demons set up stuff. You, Whether we... Uh, go along and agree with them when they tell us to do something, we do have a choice. Every time that you're confronted with any kind of demonic presence, you will always find that God gives you a way out. If you think back, mm -hmm. anytime you've gotten in any trouble or whatever, there was probably one little time that you heard a little small still voice in your head that said, don't do this. Yep. That really the Holy Spirit was there and he tried to direct you different. But the problem is Satan makes things so... Um, enjoyable or you think well nobody knows or you you use excuses well so and so and so are doing that so it must not be a, a problem any way that satan can get he and his demons into your life and just weasel in i mean it just takes a small crack in who you are and what you're doing for him to find that little area but sometimes i do hear people say um you know they blame the demon for for what they've done Demons are all around us. They've been here from the very get-go. Uh, we can you know, look at even the scriptures and Daniel, what it talks about, these watchers watching us. I mean, that's the thing, is that they are in a spiritual realm that are manifesting all around us. And so when they watch you, they're more aware. It's like if I could watch you in secret, then I would be able to tell you things and direct you <laughs> yes. in a way that you would not even know that I knew, you know, before you knew that I knew about it. So yes. that's the way these demons do is that they're constantly, the fallen angels, that kind of, they're constantly watching. And so whenever there's a way for them to weasel their self into any kind of situation, whether it stump your toe, and then I'll tell people it'll start with small things. It'd be like a stump your toe, you start yes. dropping things, and then you run into something, and then somebody offends you, whatever. It just builds and builds and builds until you explode. And usually in the when you explode, when you've finally lost it or whatever, you will actually attack God. Why are you letting this happen to me? You blame him for the problem and, and not understanding that this demonic world is there to do nothing but really destroy you using whatever method that they can use to make you fall. And it can be your cat. It can be your baby. It can be your best friend. It can be your wife. It can be your boss. Whatever situations can be utilized, like you mentioned, we're not really fighting against flesh and blood. It is those principalities. And nothing is being said, I don't think, uh, in, 
in really a lot of churches about what does it mean about the Holy Spirit? I mean, people get really upset when I start saying, look, the Bible is the most paranormal book that's ever been written. It's 100% true. These are real, truthful stories of things coming from the spiritual realm into the and manifesting in our physical realm. Yes. And and and, it, and really, we're talking about walking on water. We're talking about raising the dead. We're talking about angels walking as men. And it tells us in Scripture, you know, to entertain strangers because they may be, you know, angels there among us. Literally, we're being told that this spirit world does exist and that we better be on our guard at all times in the choices we make. Again, you will never be confronted with something that you don't have a choice in it. And that's where we fall short of not being able to, like you say, identify that it is a demonic presence and speak to it. And, and render it uh, away from us by saying, you know, go into the pit in the name of Jesus, taking authority over it. We are not being taught that we have that power. You go to church and they say, oh, well, you know, uh, we have power over the enemy and, and da, da, da. But it, until you understand, it is a real phenomenon right. that these things are here with us, that we are fighting them every second of our life. As long as we are alive, they are going to be after you. And I know I want this, uh, had a, heard a preacher this past week say, you know, the demons are not out there in the bars. They're not out there in, 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 in the bad places. Some of them are sitting right here in the church yeah. because it's true. Once, once Satan has you, he doesn't have to worry about you anymore. In other words, he's already got you fenced in in his little area of the fence, and he is out there attacking people who are trying to expose him. And, and Rick, you and I know that because our lives have been so attacked and it's very visible. If people are very close to me, they can see the enemy and how it attacks me. Hmm. And, and if you're walking with Satan, you don't have an attack. Right. He's got you used to rolling right on. Some people will say, well, I don't understand. I try to do, and especially young Christians, and I really... You know, the church is not taking young Christians. I mean, they come off the street. They, they've they been living wrong lives. They come into the church. Everybody's like, okay, welcome to the church. And they don't do anything with a young Christian. That is the most vulnerable time when a person is resaved. If they weren't saved to begin with, they thought they were saved and they came back and they were like the prodigal son. Or if they thought they had been saved as a child or a young person and they were not, and then as an adult they come to know the Lord, whatever it is, it don't matter if they're 10 years old, 6 years old, or 80 years old. Right. When they come back, they are a baby in Christ. Yep. And at that point in time, if Satan is ever going to go after somebody, he is going to hit them harder than they've ever been hit because he knows as long as they're vulnerable, that he's got to play in their life. When he hits you and I, he knows we're going to go, whoa, mm-hmm. you know, red flag, that is satanic. I'm going to rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Yes. A young Christian has not gotten the the meat of what Scripture is saying. And unfortunately, there's a lot of Christians sitting in churches who have been going there and listening and listening and listening that still don't get that. And if we're coming yeah. into some terrible days right now, Rick. Yes. The end of days, the mark of the beast, all this kind of stuff. You're going to have to be making some decisions. And if you're not ground in the word within yourself, not relying on anybody else, not relying right. on a preacher, not relying, you've got to know what you're dealing with. You've got to be the general and the army for your, for your soul. 
I always, I, I used to do a show called the Holy Ghost Gym, where I would get people in spiritual shape to fight. Listen, you can talk about boxing all day long, and you can watch all the Muhammad Ali show fights that ever were. But if you don't have your butt in a boxing gym with gloves on, getting trained and getting in shape, when you get the first punch thrown, <laughs> huh, you're going to get knocked out. You're going to see little stars and hear birds tweety chirping. That's what you're going to hear after that loud bong that goes off in your head when you get hit by a punch. People don't understand. Here's the concept I want. I want everyone to take away from this what we're saying. Two words, action and reaction. Say that again. Action and reaction. Your life, my life, Dr. Joy's life, everyone's life is a series of actions. What determines how your life turns out is your reaction to the actions. Stuff's going to happen. There's bumper stickers that say stuff happens, or it don't say stuff, but stuff happens. When those things happen, your reaction to it is going to determine the outcome. Are you going to benefit from things, or are you going to go down farther than you already are? What you say and what you think, it, it emits a vibration, and the vibrational thing, it's crucial here here's an example of that you you have to learn to control your reaction whatever the action is that happens to you someone cuts you off in traffic someone goes off on you in a, a checkout line somewhere whatever it is your instinct is going to be to fire up at them that's what our flesh wants us to do the correct reaction that you have is going to be to calm down Bless the Lord. Thank him to say, God, thank you for this situation. And I thank you that you're helping me do the right thing. You've always got to do the right thing. The thing you do is going to put you in agreement with one of the camps. You're going to get in agreement with God or the devil. Every choice you make, every reaction, it's going to put you in agreement. When you get in agreement with something, it's going to pull you in that direction. And you're going to get more and more and more of that. So I'm a, a, a performer. I perform music. You know, God gives us things to do that, you know, sometimes they're unorthodox, but they're custom tailored for the lifestyle he wants us to have, to have the freedom to be able to do these shows and do the things I do. So I'm an entertainer and I, I'll perform an hour or two, you know, at places. My, since I've written my book, Boxing Blindfolded with Demons, all of the, a lot of the people that come to my shows are, are fans of what I do musically. They've purchased that book just because they, they want to see what, they call me Rock and Rick. They want to see what Rock and Rick wrote. That book has changed my life because now when I go and do these performances, I do multiple counseling sessions before I play the first note of music. Because these people are there and they say, well, you know, in your book, I read so-and-so and let me tell you what's going on in my life. And it's, it's some kind of demonic thing. Oh, it's always that. So here's an example. And it's, it's kind of uh, funny, but it's perfect, a perfect illustration of what we deal with. 
lady that comes to my lady. I say she's lady. She's probably 50 years old. But she's, she comes every week, and she's friends with some, another couple. And they're, they're, all, they're happy people. You know, they have a good time. So the lady comes up, and I'll call her uh, Jane. Jane comes up and says, I think I have serious demonic issues. I, I think I have an anger, a rage problem. As a deliverance minister, you already see these things on people. You already know it. You just don't bring it up to their attention unless they want to come to you, unless the Lord tells you to. I knew that. I saw it on her. And I said, and we were speaking in private in one of my many counseling sessions. I don't choose these. Trust me, I'm trying to get set up so I can do my work. But they want to want to talk. So I say, I've seen that on you, Jane. You're right. You do have that. She said, I know it, she was watching a movie. She was watching, um, not have been nefarious. I, I think it was. And she said, that movie showed me I've got demons. I said, yeah, you've got a demonic influence. And it's obvious she really does. So she said, what do I do about it? I said, Call, it, it's action and reaction. From now on, when something happens to you that makes you angry, don't respond by rage, Okay. She said, that's what I felt. I knew. Something told me, and this was not a, a church person, you know. She said, something told me I had a demon of rage in me. I said, that's what I see on you. And she said, oh, I, I'm going to, what do I do? I said, just don't respond in rage. Next time, that somebody's going to make you mad, Jane, and you're going to want to go off. When you feel that, you say, stop and say, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke this. Can you say those words? She says, yes, I'm going to say, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke this. So as the night began and went on a couple of hours later, Jane's out there with her friends <laughs> that she's always sitting with, and her friend said something about, well, she was ready to go home, and that she made the comment, along the lines of, well, Jane, you know, it's always on your timetable what you want to do, not what we want to do. Jane goes off like Mount, uh, a geyser coming out of a, uh, you know, uh, a volcano. She gets up and she screams at this girl in, in language I can't repeat, and everyone looks at her and she storms out the door. And I told her, I said, before that, I said, Jane, this thing's going to come at you. As, at, once you realize this, the devil's going to send situations that tweak you, that are going to send, try to send you into orbit. You have to resist that. Oh, I've got it. I've got it. She blows a gasket, and she storms out. I think she walked home or something. I mean, it was, it was ridiculous. So she's back last night. <laughs> Jane walks in. She says, you were so right. Did you see me make a fool of myself? I said, Jane, yeah. I said, the devil made a fool of you. You've got to understand, he's going to set these scenarios up. And I'm speaking to everyone out there. Listen to me. You are going to be presented with scenarios probably soon after you listen to these podcasts. Because if you get anything from these podcasts, if they change you or grow you in any way, the devil seeks to immediately retard that growth. He needs you not to know things. 
The Bible's clear. It says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. You don't know how things work. You're still, as Dr. Joy said, one of those baby Christians drinking milk. The Bible says there's a time that a baby Christian drinks milk. Then you've got to grow up and eat meat, eat a regular diet. A lot of people never get there. They're still on the milk, and that's where the pulpits, the preachers of America, they don't know these things that, that we're talking about here. Some of them are beginning to wake up to it, but uh, Jane's brother, the lady I just used in the explanation, ironically, listen to me now, hear me good, he's a pastor. He's a pastor of a church, and she asked him, she said, I think I have demonic issues with anger. Her brother, the pastor, said, that doesn't exist, Jane. Those mm -hmm. things passed away when the apostles, that mm -hmm. was a different dispensation. There aren't demons. That's just a figment of people's imagination they just do what they do they have mental issues has nothing to do with demons jane's telling me this and she said i argued with him and said this is real i know what i feel something takes over in me and i feel but that's an illustration of what we're dealing with in the vast majority majority of churches satan's as i said at the beginning of this podcast satan's greatest weapon is making us think he's not real and that he's not in everything and that there's not a demon behind oh that's just your that's just things that happen it's coincidence it's strange the coincidences always happen when you're trying to do something for God. When you're trying to grow, you're trying to do some something. You wouldn't believe the technical issues we have with this podcast. When you watch that video I told you about deliverance help on heavenlywarriors.com, you will see that video. I, I tried to make it three different times, and the camera kept freezing up and, and stopping. I say that in the video. You'll You'll see. The movie Nefarious that we spoke of, we highly recommend that. That is probably the best expose on how the demonic world really works and how they get in. That particular movie had terrible uh, technical issues during the filming, people getting sick to the point of death. They, I, I just heard um, on an interview with someone who was a consultant on the movie that they were having wind storms at hurricane-level speeds in Oklahoma. The movie was filmed at a, an abandoned juvenile prison, I believe. And it was in Oklahoma. And they said, in the history of Oklahoma, there have never been winds that were 60 and 70 miles an hour. They were The minute they started rolling the cameras, the winds would blow so loudly that the microphones, they were having problem keeping the wind noise out of the microphone. And the minute they would yell, cut, the winds would stop. The weather men were saying, we've never seen anything like this. These are hurricane-level winds, but where are they coming from? And they just start, and then they stop. This, this is what happened. These are documented things. So every time you start to do something for God, you're going to meet resistance. Action, reaction. Say that to yourself till it's internalized. There's, there are going to be actions every day in your life. Some of them are going to be good. You're going to get blessings. You are going to have days when everything is going right. You're going to have days when everything you touch 
blossoms and flourishes. And you know on those, those days, you better do everything you can because you're in the favor of God. I don't understand. No one can explain why that is. But we have days when there's no resistance from the, the devil. Then on the other hand, you'll have days when everything you touch breaks Everything that can go wrong will. You'll get phone calls that you dread. That oh, I don't want. You'll get bills in the mail. You'll get notifications of things. And they will, in my experience, they come in clusters. Satan doesn't sp- spread those things out over the month because then you could deal with them easier. He bombards you in clusters with them. And when these clusters come, recognize that is an attack. And that day, the devil is hitting you with everything. It doesn't do you a whole lot of good. It doesn't do you any good to stress and, and fret over it. Realize you're under attack that day and have that awareness as you go through your day. Begin to rebuke the devil. Fight back. Sometimes that rebuke will not be instant. That It won't stop right when you're rebuking it. But you keep on. You keep, you're like an army uh, soldier shooting. You keep shooting, keep shooting, keep shooting. The war is going on, but you keep rebuking, and that attack will subside. And I'm speaking from experience here. I'm not on the milk. I've been on the meat for a while. And if you can weather that storm within, in my experience, within 24 hours, almost always, sometimes 48 hours, but almost always within 24 hours, the whole thing will flip. And you'll be back in that grace of God because you've weathered a storm. It's like the enemy did an attack, an assault. And you weathered it, and you fought back, and then he has to go back and regroup and get his stuff back together. And you get in a season of peace. I've lived this over and over and over. And you will, too. Action, reaction. Remember that. Dr. Joy, I'm going to hand it back to you to go ahead and close this for us if you want. It's just so true that the enemy is able to just attack, attack, attack. And we see that from the book of Job. And how he had the capability to do the, you know, the uh, windstorms and stuff that he did in killing Job's children. So he has great power. I think about in, you know, the book of Daniel where Daniel prayed and it took 21 days before he got an answer because Satan was able to restrain uh, Michael. And then when they fought over Moses' body in the book of Jude, you know, Satan and, uh, and Michael and them were fighting, it says that. The other angel, the Lord's angel, had to tell Satan, the Lord rebuke you. I mean, he literally right. is that powerful that the, their own angels can't really, they can they can be maybe equal to him, but they have no ability over him. They had so to call in the supervisor like we had, had to do the police that's, department. That's right. So when we are in those fights like that, we've got to remember that when Scripture tells us, if you will resist the devil he will flee from you. But so many times we're so busy blaming God for the problem that we don't have our focus on that the enemy and who it is and that you've got to focus on, you know, rebuking him and continuing to rebuke him. It's just something we're not taught in, in, in really in Sunday school and in church like I think it could have been taught where we are warriors for the heavenly kingdom. We walk out there and we don't, we feel like, you know, Satan's got the ability to do this and this and this and this at us, and we're just standing there. We don't realize that we have a sword and a shield and that we have the ability to put on an armor and that we have the Word of God, which is the thing that destroys everything. 
I mean, when you speak the word, and you know, in my book, Be Smart, I try to explain it's the vibrational frequencies. Yes. What does it tell us? How did God create all this? It says He spoke it yes. into existence. So, you know, when we think the enemy's after us, and what, what, did it, what do we do? We use the same thing God did in creating yes. situations. We use His Word to stop the enemy. But we're yeah. not being taught that. And I guess that's why I feel like that God laid upon my heart to do the, this book, Be Smart, right now. Because it's one of those things that if you've got that knowledge that how this vibrational frequency and what we say and how it affects our bodies and how it affects demonic presence. Mm -hmm. Like you mentioned before, you know, if you allow him to be on your mind 24-7, you've got the choice of listening to him. But there's one thing about it. If you allow Satan to be the voice within you, yeah. really... God leaves the building. Yes, he does. You, you, yes. Are his, you are his temple. He created right. you right. in his image. He can't be in the presence of the enemy doing those things. That's why I was talking about the house and you're the landlord. Right. And you got the two people. One of them's going to go when the other one's there. That's it's right. who do you want to fill your house with? Action and reaction. You have to start to see yourself. We hear about the full armor of God. Let me give you an illustration most people can get in their head. Imagine you are a police officer. You are putting on a uniform and you're putting on a badge and they're putting a gun around your waist and they're sending you out to take charge. You have the full authority of not only the city, but the state, the United States of America, the most powerful nation in the world. When you put that badge on, you as a Christian put that badge on every day. You have the authority. Now, you have to use the authority. The police officer has to take authority and use it, but he has it. You've got to understand, you've got the full force of, the, of God in heaven behind you. Now, is that police officer going to have to fight sometimes? Yeah, unfortunately. He's going to have to go through some tough stuff. And I've, I've had my teeth nearly kicked in. Uh, in fights, I've had my shirt ripped off as a police officer. People will fight you sometimes. You're going to have that. But you have the ultimate authority because, hear me now, when the guy that we were trying to take out of the house who had been beating up his wife and he was drunk and he was going to kill her, three officers, myself being one of them, tried to remove him from his house, and he said, I ain't going. This is my house. You know, you hear that constantly. This is my house. I'm not going. We had to move, take him out of there, and he was a big guy, and he was kicking and punching, and I, it was a front porch, and he had knocked me off the front porch, and I went to try to get his legs, and he kicked me with a boot, a steel-toe boot, right in the face. The, the three of us were fighting this guy now. Needless to say, he was kind of getting the best of us at the moment, but we have this little thing on our shoulder with, it's called a radio, and we pushed the button and we said, we need help. Guess what? Every police officer, sheriff's officer, highway patrolman, game warden, you name every law enforcement entity was rolling towards us at that moment. They were fixing. This guy was getting ready to have a really bad day because we had the authority to call in. When you're under attack, you have the authority to call in angels and to call in help. You hear, they won't necessarily be there instantly, but they're on the way. You got that 21-day thing that Dr. Joy just told you about? 
It's a real thing, but they're on the way. So start to think of yourself. You put on your full armor, and that's a police uniform, and you put a badge on every morning. In the spiritual realm, you have authority. These demons are like petty criminals, and you're the cop that shows up on the street and says, against the wall, put your hands on the wall. And they do. They have to do it. If you don't know what I'm talking about, watch cops on TV or one of the other things about police work. That is how it applies in the spirit realm. When you know that, but you have to be told that, and that's what the purpose of these podcasts with myself and Dr. Joy do. As we, as we finish this, we try to do these every week, so stay tuned. Go and join, um, subscribe to our podcasts. You can do that on, uh, on iTunes or really anywhere that you get your podcasts. Look for heavenlywarriors.com. That's the website to go in and find all of, our, all of our podcasts. So, Dr. Joy, if you want to say goodbye to them. Yes, listen, just keep the good faith. Fight the good fight. Put your armor on every day and resist the devil, and he will flee from you because your soul is your greatest asset. Protect it with every power in you to use God's holy word to keep you covered so that he never takes your soul. Thank you for listening to Heavenly Warriors. You can find the show notes for this episode at heavenlywarriors.com. If you join our mailing list while you're there, we'll send you something free as a thank you. Once again, this podcast is sponsored by my newest book, Boxing Blindfolded with Demons, which can be found at rickbellwriting.com, R-I-C-K-B-E-L-L-W-R-I-T-I-N-G.com, and Dr. Joy Jeffrey Pugh's newest book, Beastmark, which can be found at her website, drjoy.com. That's D-R-J-O-Y-E.com. If you liked what you heard, make sure to subscribe to Heavenly Warriors and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, and Audible. Do you know someone who would benefit from the Heavenly Warriors podcast? Please send them a link to this episode. We only grow when our listeners share the podcasts, and we really appreciate it. May God bless you. Until next time.